everyone, welcome to the Doctors Running Roundtable, where we three doctors of physical therapy talk about, talk about the art and science of the things that we put on our feet. Don't make fun of me. I, I did fine. Today, we're going to talk about the Mach 4 and do a review and some comparisons. I got the nicest colorway. Actually, yeah, I really like the Get out of here. The, the I like this I, one. I'm in an really ongoing like debate with one of my friends about this, too. Because he doesn't like I, this colorway. I like this colorway. This is the best I think this can start is with an argument. You guys have the yellow, the yellow, and I really, I actually really like the yellow. Yeah. This one is close to awesome, but it's a little bit too Ohio State for me. Because Ohio State plays on this like gray with the red versus Badgers are pretty much pure white and red or black and red. Um, so hey, go Buckeyes, am I right? Oh my gosh. Just threw up a little bit. Today's episode is not sponsored by my passport external hard drive for Mac. Um, this thing has been saving me uh, lately because my computer is old enough where there's no space. So if I ever want to edit a video, I have to use this. So the only reason that any content gets out right now from me is because of this passport. All right. That's all. That's, That's good. It. That's good. Yeah, sorry, Matt. All right. This is- <laughs> You guys already messed up my intro, making me laugh. All right, so a couple quick specs on the Mach 4 so far. For this, so I'm trying to bring up the women's weights, but men's weight is 8.6 ounces for a men's size 9 with a 5-millimeter drop. This is a lightweight but maximal shoe. Definitely comparable to other models that we will talk about here in a little bit, including things like the Kinvara is probably one of the, the most similar that we can talk about. But uh, I will get the women's weight in a second, but I'm going to say... David, let me have you go first and go, what are your initial thoughts? So talk to me about how you want to split this up. What are your initial thoughts running in this show? Yeah, of course. I mean, this is exactly what they marketed it to be, in my opinion. This is a lightweight, up-tempo trainer. Um, If you want to do daily miles, you could. I I think I like it more for long runs or for strides or long-tempo runs and things like that. But it's lightweight. It's protective. It's actually pretty responsive. If you look, I'm holding the mic, so I do apologize for the listeners or the viewers here. I'm going to try and flex this forefoot while while recording, but it's actually pretty flexible. If you look, there's flex grooves in there, and it's still rigid and responsive at the same time. So it's I took this for a seven-mile tempo run. I've taken this for an 18-mile long run, both just fine, and um, it's a lightweight performance trainer. So I think the, the closest comparison to me would be the Saucony Canvara. Um, we'll go into that more later. But as far as the breakdown of things go, I think maybe we all just talk about our personal experiences with it and we, we go from there. Sweet. Yeah, I think, Nathan, I think the other thing, yeah, the other, I think the other thing about this shoe, it's in their Fly series. So they use the ProFly midsole. Um, and so, yeah, and this obviously for those who've been, uh, in the running shoe world and paying attention to different reviewers that have been putting stuff out. This is obviously a big overhaul from the Mach 3. There's been a lot of changes. And this is a pretty much, a, feels like pretty much a new shoe um, and very different in that, in the Mach line, but it's, it's part of this, uh, the fly series meant to go fast. I felt like um, when you look at the construction of this, you have, like David mentioned, you have the profile midsole on top, which is a softer kind of bouncy midsole. Um, that you find in some of their other models. 
And then underneath, you have this kind of, you know, a split. You have a dual midsole. So the first layer is this profile. And then the lower layer um, is actually the same as the outsole. It's a very, um, very firm EVA uh, that's down there. And it's a pretty thick amount of it. And that's what actually comprises the outsole. A little bit of a rubberized EVA there. Um, rubberized to create some durability. And what that does, it just takes this really soft, you know, ProFly and gives it a lot of a very stable platform. But like I found with the Carbon X2, the outsole being what it is, this kind of rubberized DVA that they used um, pretty much in the uh, Carbon X2, it feels so smooth on the ground. Like you don't, you know, some, you know, crystal rubber stuff is going to feel really cloddy. You're just like, clapping down the street this is just so quiet which makes i think part of the ride so smooth too is just the way that this outsole interacts with the ground um but yeah it is you know like the, i um my initial impressions are are they, they also are speaking to the speed of it um i went out to just run today i tried not to do anything intentional but i did find myself dipping down close to seven minute pace, which for me would be verging on like that tempo mile it, like tempo pace. Um, and that wasn't intentional, but I just think that the, the geometry of the early stage meta rocker, you have the little bit of snappiness from this, you know, bottom part of the sole that's a little bit more firm. And then you have the bouncy top sole. It did want me to go. It felt like I just, I could go a little bit quicker. No problem in the shoe. Um, yeah, those are some initial impressions we can maybe talk about fit later, but, um, yeah, that, that's kind of how it felt like it rode for me. Yeah, it sounds like we're having a, a, a similar experience in terms of, you know, David talking about, yeah, this is a, you know, lightweight shoe. It can, it can definitely move. There's still some snappiness to it, but it's also got some flexibility. Nathan, you talk about the variety in terms of the, the, the traditional EVA stabilizing the softer uh, EVA, uh, the rubberized EVA. And this outsole is surprisingly durable for being just exposed EVA. So it's been doing pretty well. And as the destroyer, I still haven't changed too much. So this, this is, let's do the left side because the left side is usually worse, but not horrible for, I think, 40, 50 miles. I can't remember. Hold that a little closer for us. Oh, yeah. It's not so well, bad. That actually looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> I mean, this is coming from a guy that blows <laughs> through shoes. If you're a new listener, like he destroys outsoles. Poor David, I'll try to get like 20, 30 miles on something and send it to him. And he's like, there's only 30 miles on here. The outsole's gone. And it, it yeah. was gone. And like, it's literally gone. It's gone. I'll just be like, what heel? <laughs> what heel? <laughs> the new shoe. Like you see all those, like the model, you know, the, the, the concept models that don't have a heel. That's what David basically gets if I send him something. So I had the same experience where one of my first runs in the shoe was the first tempo run I'd done in like six, seven months and took, did I, I set my watch, but didn't look at it and just said, I'm going to do three miles at a at tempo pace and whatever that is, whatever that that's going to be. And it ended up being a lot faster than I expected. Definitely not a shoe personally that I would, I personally would choose to race in, but it can move. And I, the, the rubberized EVA definitely had some bounce to it and it was pleasant. More on the protective side, I would say, instead of the racing side, but definitely something that has the versatility to go, hey, if you want to pick up the pace, it can, but it's also got the lightweight feel to be able to go as a training shoe as well. There's plenty of midsole here. And I was really surprised when I learned that the weight was 8.6 ounces for size nine. That 
sounds heavier than, than it feels. It feels much lighter. And again, not to leave the ladies out, um, or the women's weight for size eight is 7.1 ounces. So again, pretty decent weight for a shoe with this much cushion in it, but definitely feels a lot lighter than the listed weights. And so pretty smooth, again, softer top that you kind of like sink into a little bit. It's got a little bounce to it, but still a little bit more firm. We'll talk about stability and stuff like that. But yeah, really good job overall. Pretty smooth. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the ride overall is pretty smooth from heel to toe. Um, we'll go into this later, I'm sure. But they do have the swallowtail design yep. on here that's similar to the Carbon X2. So that, that'll look familiar. Yep. Um, what I noticed at the rear foot or at the heel upon landing is it's actually a little bit noticeable for me. That little bit of sole flaring, both on the medial and lateral aspect, it almost stabilizes that heel for me. Like I, I tend to be a quick pronator, but I don't really go too quick after that. It's like a quick transition, supinate and snappy toe off almost. And for me, I, it almost like stabilized that for me a little bit. So you can even see kind of in the wear pattern there that I, I snap down off of it. And then I immediately go back into that, that midline of the foot. But for me, it felt like it kept my gait pattern relatively linear. I don't know if it was the greatest for turns because I did take some turns at it at like four something pace. And like <laughs> it, it felt a little clunky turning. But at like controlled paces, um, like I did a seven mile tempo at five thirty something pace, which is relatively controlled for what I've been doing recently. And it felt really, really smooth. It was good on the road. It was good on the concrete. It was, it was fine. I mean, that's what the shoe is designed for. Um, it did actually better than I thought it would in some trail situations that I took it in. Um, but kind of what Nathan was saying, it has that rubberized EVA bottom. And so the, the landing feels different. It doesn't feel like a hard rubber that you're landing on. It almost feels like a little bit of a softer, stickier landing where you're kind of just like grabbing the ground. You're not like popping onto it. And so um, I think that's good and bad. I think it does increase the ground contact time, maybe a tiny bit, but I think it's comfortable and I think it feels really nice on the road. Um, I think the meta rocker is a little noticeable too. I, I feel like I don't usually wear in the heel too much and I wear more on the Mach 4 and in the Carbon X2 than I, I feel like I normally would. But mm. um, overall, I'm actually really, really happy with the shoe. I mean, I feel like you can do long tempo runs. You could do long runs. You could do, you could do daily miles. I think I'd probably opt for another shoe, but I think it's totally doable. For those of you that, for those people that like lightweight trainers and stuff like that, very much a long run daily trainer. Like for me, as someone who likes stuff like that, as someone who can daily train in the Kimbara, very much another good option. So Nathan, since we're already on the topic of ride, Nathan, you talked about this earlier. I want to jump back to you and say, what are your overall impressions of the ride in terms of what you've experienced so far? Yeah, I, I just from a subjective kind of perspective, um, the ride didn't feel like a wow ride but it just it just felt really nice like there was for me there was no noticeable um parts of the cycle like sometimes the shoe will be clunky either at the heel or through the midfoot or there's just issues with the toe off i just felt like this one just kind of like glide like you just glide right through um i think that the you know they, they don't have like in some of their shoes that they're putting out right now they have these huge posterior heel flares either in the like clifton edge or the 10 9 obviously the 10 9 is kind of nuts 
But, um, you know, you're looking at, you do have some of that here, but it's, it's beveled really, really well. And so if you look at where my wear pattern is, you can just see, you know, where it's a little bit darker, like that's underneath my, my heel. So I didn't feel like that was infringing on my, my landing at all. I just thought that the, um, the transition through is really, really smooth. Like it was just a very smooth shoe, but I wasn't like, holy cow, this shoe's like blowing my mind, but it just felt really nice and really, really quiet. I just felt like I could prance along a little bit. It's got that bounce. There's other shoes that use kind of the dual density midsoles and they'll put the more firm one on top um, to give your foot like a more stable platform. I'm thinking of like the run fast and even uh, in re the Reebok run fast series and their Panthea, they kind of do it that way where they put the EVA top sole on. Um, I liked it on the bottom for a shoe like this, where you can really feel the the bounce and it didn't feel unstable though, which we'll talk about stability later. But I, I liked having that experience of my foot being on a softer surface um, that was stabilized by something underneath. thought it was just really nice. So speaking yeah. of David, this go into stability. What is your perceptions of how stable the shoe is? No, again, for the listeners and the viewers, this is a technically a neutral shoe. But for those of us, those who have watched or listened to us and read what we do, we talk about stability in many different realms. And it's not just as the shoe of a post or not. And you could, there's plenty of shoes that are classified as stability shoes that are not stable and vice versa. So David, go into what, how you viewed the stability of this shoe. Yeah, overall, I thought it was pretty stable. If you look at the geometry of it, Hoka has done this for a long time. Because their stack heights tend to be a little bit higher, their foams tend to be a little bit softer what they tend to do is they'll make a wider platform that you'll be landing on. And then they try to almost like guide you through it. So with this guy, I think it's kind of nice having that heel bevel on there. Cause it kind of just rolls you right onto that midfoot. And then on top of that, they've got that little crash pad right through the midline of the shoe. And you can just follow that flex groove for the listeners. I'm showing the crash pad right there, right in the heel. And then from that crash pad, the direction of movement moves right along through just outside the midline of the foot and it's curved to center off right at the toe off there. And you have a couple different flex grooves right through there. Overall, I, I agree with Nathan, like the ride, I, I told someone this the other day on the run. I was like, it's a little underwhelming in a good way. Like it feels more natural. It doesn't feel, uh, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of crazy bells and whistles, but that's, uh, it feels very rhythmic. It has a very smooth transition throughout. Um, I like the swallowtail design on this. Like for me, that little bit of medial sole flare on the heel, I it actually felt pretty nice for me. I tend to collapse pretty early there. So like that, that felt good. I don't know if it'd be noticeable for other people, but I think it does help keep things a little bit centered there. Like I said earlier, it's not the greatest on turning for me because of that. But if I'm running in a straight line or like long roads or like gradual turns, that's fine. Um, but overall, I think it's over. It's pretty stable. And like the, if you look at the outsole there, there's so much rubberized EVA, and that's that's the firmer part of this. Like what Nathan was alluding to, and the profile is the real soft, spongy part. And that rubberized EVA, there's there's so much of it that it does stabilize that ground contact and it's a little bit firmer. And the the ride throughout, it just feels it feels stable for such a high stack, neutral, soft performance shoe. I mean, it's not gonna be as stable as say maybe like your Arahi or something like that, but it's 
for what it is, it's actually done really well, I think. I think the upper lockdown could be a tiny bit better. I think there's a little bit more volume in that region. So I had a tiny bit of translation in the midfoot, but if, if I laced it down, it was fine. Nathan, what did you, how'd you feel about that? Yeah, I, I honestly could echo a lot of what David said. I think I'll add a couple things. In, compared to, in comparison to like the Carbon X2, um, they, it does have a little bit higher of sidewalls as well in the heel. Um, they don't start right away, which I think it's nice that it's not just wrapping around the whole shoe, but they have, they have these sidewalls that are both medially and laterally, which I think do a good job of stability. And really the, there is some flexibility here, which gives some of that natural feel, but it's rigid enough through the, through the midfoot that I don't think, uh, people who have very, you know, mild stability needs, they'd probably be fine in a shoe like this. Um, especially, you know, cause the most, the most flexible part is going to be the forefoot. So if you have a lot of forefoot instability, that would be the one area you'd have to consider. Um, but there aren't many shoes that focus on forefoot stability, um, which is interesting. We've had a couple, like I remember Newton had one, but, uh, just something to consider. I think that a lot of people would probably be okay in a shoe like this, but you'd have to be able to run in it yourself. Um, Diving in, is it okay if I dive into the upper yeah, a little bit? Okay. It. So upper stability um, and just overall fit. Um, again, I'm going to, we'll, we'll do full comps later, <laughs> but um, it does feel in comparison to a couple of the other Hoka shoes. Like if you look at Carbon X2 to Mach 4 to Rincon, um, it goes from, from, like really snug to like a bit of snug to not that snug. <laughs> That's kind of the Rincon definitely has a lot more volume for sure. Yeah, it does. Which I found surprising. Um, it's got, you know, the upper in the Mach four, it has that gusseted tongue and it's kind of like that sock liner, kind of like a hug just around the midfoot part. And then the, the upper itself is a little bit more robust than your Rincon. So it, and and the Carbon X2, um, but these two, the X2 and the Rincon sit on different ends for, for volume there. Um, but it's got a little bit more for the daily training kind of feel, honestly, just because it is a little bit more robust. With some You can see some perforations in there if you're watching that it does give some breathability. But um, I think that just a little bit thicker upper, um, slightly more locked in. I felt really good with the fit in terms of uh, feeling locked in for a little bit more tempo. Um, I didn't have any issues on the turns, but I wasn't going at a four minute pace. I was going at like a seven thirty <laughs> to eight minute pace. So that probably is a big, a big part of the difference there. I mean, um, to, to, to be fair, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, th that turn was like pretty close to 90 degrees. So oh, okay. <laughs> it's like this little like loop thing that I do on workouts sometimes. Got it. So, I mean, overall, I really liked the fit of it. I thought the heel was secure and comfortable. I thought that there was enough room for like my calcaneus and the Achilles to feel really comfortable. And there's enough padding there. Um, the lacing system is simple, but effective. And it was just a little bit thicker of an upper that I felt hugged my foot really well, but gave a little bit of stretch for, some fit and good for daily miles, long runs, kind of an upper. So David, what, how'd you feel about the fit? Yeah, I felt like overall it locked down decent. I did feel 
like it was a little bit more voluminous than say the X2. Um, I thought it actually had a little bit more volume than the Rincon personally, but it's also been a little while since I've run in the Rincon too. So I'm, I'm, wear, I'm wearing them both right them. now. What's that? I'm wearing them both right now. Cause I thought I remembered the Rincon like being really locked in and I was like, I gotta, I gotta put it, put it on. And it just wasn't, I mean, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, the main thing for me, I felt like the heel was great. I thought everything in that region locked down super well. The upper is a little bit more, it's it's like a hybrid. It's like, it's very similar to the X2 as far as the fabric and the knit, if you take a look. Or not the knit, but the mesh. Um, I felt like there was a lot more volume in the midfoot and just kind of tall-wise, which is probably good for swelling. But at the same time, like, I felt like I did have to lace the, the laces down a little tighter than I do on most shoes. But once I did that, it, it was absolutely fine and dialed in. Um, good hold through the midfoot. The sidewalls help, I think, as well. But overall, I thought it was good. It's breathable. It's durable enough to where you're not going to blow through it. Um, it's, it's a pretty solid upper, relatively minimal um, for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, you guys, that for me... I agree with the sentiments that, again, just a little bit more volume than the X2, just a little bit. For me, when I put these on the first time, they actually felt short. Like I felt pressure from the upper on my toes. And I was like, mm-hmm. do I need a half size up? That did go away as the shoe broke in. But when I do put these on, it feels like they're almost like maybe a quarter size short. And I could use a little bit more room. I don't know why that is. But I've never, when I run, I don't have an issue. So it just fits. Again, like David said, for me, it's been a little, like, slightly short in the forefoot. But the midfoot, there's a lot more volume where I've had to, to lace it down a little tighter. And then heel is great. It's locked in. This, the elf shoe thing works really well. I thought I was going to have heel slippage the first time I saw one of these. But these actually work really, really well. So, yeah, fits fits pretty good. Relatively true to size pretty similar volume. I would agree with Nathan where the Rincon seems to have the most volume of all three of these for, for comparing X2 versus Mach versus Rincon or Rincon, whatever you want to say two. But yes, it's interesting. Really, really this again, to emphasize when I can't remember who said this, but this is a very different shoe from the previous Mach models. I really like this. I didn't like the previous mock models. There's a couple I passed just because I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to review this. I'm not going to run in this. It was not a shoe I would associate with Hoka. It didn't have any softness. It didn't feel like a max stack height shoe. It didn't feel very smooth, even running fast. This has been very different. I'm very impressed where I was able to use it for workouts. It's also a great daily trainer for people that can, that are a little more used to that, but yeah, much smoother, softer than previous so for those people that have really loved or liked the previous mock just know this is very different this is totally redone from top to bottom i want to get you guys thoughts because as we're going to go into comparisons both the kinvara and many and several others models but not just in these companies are using a split uh swallowtail design and for me as Saucony explained it as i've come to kind of see this is essentially like a because again, we we had some comments about posterior heel flare, which when it's and you know curved up enough, it may not be a big deal unless you're a severe heel striker. But the 
the comments that have been made so far is this is basically acting like a new age decoupled heel, right? So that when you land on the rear foot, this kind of collapses at a separate rate from this. You can have a, di a difference and supposedly better stability as you roll through. I'm curious to know what you think about this design because that's kind of the biggest biggest new thing relatively. I guess it's been around for a little bit, but what you think of that design as we kind of move into comparisons. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it in general follows that path of least resistance thought patterning where that decoupling and that it's almost like a flex groove, but it's going through the midline of the foot. And um, I actually, I do have my on cloud booms right here too, but on does this as well, where you see that decoupled heel and then that midline pathway. Um, let me see. Yeah, there it is. Not that these shoes are similar. I just happen to have them right next to me. Um, just to show as an example, they're a little bit more extreme, but um, that you can see that split design in the heel and that decoupled design, it almost feels like a flex groove, like down the midline of the shoe to help guide you run linearly. Um, does it work? I mean, subjectively, I feel, I do feel like it guides me a little bit. I don't know if someone's landing really hard and has, you know, significant stability needs, whether or not that helps. I don't really need a lot of stability needs. Um, but I do feel like it gives a little bit of guidance and that little split decoupling, you can, you notice it like right in that heel and it kind of like rolls you into that midfoot. So as far as the swallowtail or the split heel design goes, um, I think it's noticeable and I think it, I think it does complement the shoe in a positive way for me personally. Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree with what David said there. I think the other piece too, especially in, um, in the ones that are a little bit more extreme. So I think on was actually a really good example um, that you held up when members can act independently. And I, I even think of some of the outsourcing, that Skechers puts out in their Go Run series and in the Max Road, you know, you had the kind of have the pillars there. When something can act independently, it does become softer because you don't have cross bridges between the adjacent phones. So I think that there's in some instances where that that cut heel and through the middle, swallowtail, whatever you want to call it, um, does allow for a little bit softer landing in that area. So in the case of Hoka, when you have a little bit of a flare coming out and having it, having the ability to maybe compress a little bit more easily and have it be a little bit softer, I think that does Im potentially improve the landing. The other part of me is a little cynical and just thinks it's about aesthetics and they think it looks cool. So they put it in there. So maybe that's part of it too. I mean, design of the shoe is important. And um, like if you can make a shoe look really good like that, honestly, um, makes a difference in terms of our perception of how we're going to feel on the run. So there's actually some science behind that too, that we could maybe someday dig into in terms of how we feel about like what a shoe looks like and how we feel like that shoe actually performs. Um, there is actually some correlates there. So, uh, regardless if it is just for looks and cutting out as much weight as you can, you know, from the shoe, um, that's, that's okay too. But it does seem like if you can create independent members that don't have to rely on cross links with other foam, it will allow it to act independently, which could soften the landing. Totally agree. What do you think, Matt? 
Yeah, that's the hard part is, you know, for those people that are going to ask this in the comments, recognize that there's no peer-reviewed literature on what this a swallowtail design or what this does. We don't have we don't even have a lot of stuff on flex crews and stuff like that. So most of what we talk about, you know, has to be applying previous knowledge or concepts. So I I yeah, I agree. Uh you want to talk about aesthetics? Yeah, no kidding. Oh, um, just fire. Uh, oh, man, this shoe. Oh, my white fire. goodness. It's, right. it's white hot. Hold on. You know, as much as well, this is a Mach 4 review, right? We'll do comparisons in a second. Hold you have to bring panties. out the Puma. Sorry. Hold your panties. We'll I understand. Just hold your panties for a second. Oh, um, gosh. Might have to cut that out. All right. Let's go. Better than some other things we've had. Um, I, d- again, agree with both... Nathan and David that having the independent sections, it's just, it's kind of a, it's a, maybe a new twist on a, an older concept of going, if you can get it to move independently and, tr- you know, there's theory that if this collapse, you know, collapses more and separately, you can create somewhat of a wedge that's you, you could utilize to provide stability, whether or not actually happens. That's, that's a great question. So yeah, very interested in a lot of these designs and curious to see what if anything, because we don't have any evidence on it right now, what companies might be seeing. And unfortunately, usually companies can't tell us, right? So that makes that challenging. But I agree with both of them in terms of, I can see how this would create a separate design like that. And I think in the Kunbara, for me, it worked really well, where it was a lot more stable than I remember the shoe being, which even it's been a pretty decent stable shoe for me, uh, despite being the one stability guy of the group. But yeah, it's very interesting to see what people are trying right now. So yeah, overall mock yeah. Really good, surprisingly soft but stable. Going to be best, really, for those people with more neutral mechanics, maybe mild stability. He's definitely somebody who needs a lot. I would look at the Arahi. But speaking of starting to talk about comparisons, so David, talk about comparisons first between like differences of what different uses between Carbon X2, the Mach 4, and the Rincon 2, and then go into some other ones in terms of we also mentioned Kinvara. If you want to have, oh, I almost broke that candle. Um, if you have comparisons to other things on the market, which I would say the excess might be a little bit similar right now, go for it. Yeah, I'll, um, definitely. So I think the Carbon X2 and the Mach 4 are, they're really similar in a lot of ways and really different in a lot of ways. So obviously the Carbon X2 has a little bit of a higher stack height to it. It does have a carbon plate that goes through the entirety of it. The geometry of the two shoes are are really similar. I mean, they both have the meta rocker in there. They both have relatively similar designs going through. You have a little bit more flexibility. I think a little bit more of a natural feel in the Mach 4. I think it's going to feel a little bit more plush, to be honest. I, a little less snappy um, and, and more natural. I mean, it's an it's up-tempo performance neutral trainer. And it's got a rubberized EVA bottom, so it's not going to feel as snappy as, say, the Rincon. Um, it's almost like I, I don't think the Rincon is that similar in my personal experience. I feel like it's a lot firmer, and even though it's a little lighter, it's it's maybe a little bit more snappy. But I think I'd rather tempo in the Mach Four, to be honest. Um, but the Rincon was a little bit firmer. Uh, they both have a wide platform. I think the rocker is more noticeable on the Mach 4. Um, but the Rincon still a smooth shoe. I used to really like it for easy days. Uh, just getting out there, getting the miles in, uh, my recovery days. It's a high enough stack shoe that I feel protected, light if my legs are beat up. Uh, that's just what I liked. I didn't really do any workouts in it. I didn't really feel like it was 
responsive enough, which is funny because you add like what 0.8 ounces. And then now I go into a seven mile tempo in the Mach four, but um, wait, yeah, I think from a responsive standpoint, I think out of all of the shoes, I feel like I could probably go the fastest in the Mach four or the X two but the X2 is the heaviest and I feel like it kind of loses its snappiness right around that 530 range for me. And I feel like I could take the Mach 4 down to about 445, 450, and then it, then it really starts bottoming out. Um, but probably like low fives somewhat comfortably. Um, so it's like I could work out in the Mach 4, the Rincon. I just never really felt like I could. Um, I know people do, and it's still a responsive snappy shoe and you guys might feel completely different, but that's just my personal experience. I think the shoe that uh, the Mach 4 is most similar to though is the Convara 12, but- Hold on, so yeah. before, we'll before we go- Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe we'll round out the Hoka comparisons and then we'll go into the other one maybe. Cause oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, th- totally I think just cause then I, we don't have to repeat a lot, but I think I agree if we look at X2, Mach 4 silhouettes are really similar. I'd say the biggest difference that I felt in running was I think the toe spring is more aggressive on the X2. Part of that might be just the plate construction and less flexibility, even though this is a relatively flexible carbon plate in the X2 um, in comparison to other ones. But like, I I just felt like the toe spring was more aggressive in the X2 than it is here. And it just has that more natural feel. When I got, when I saw the Mach 4 construction, I really thought it was going to be similar to the Rincon. And I was wondering what was going to be the difference. And um, I knew that ProFly midsole is very, you know, very different foam compound and whatever, but they both have, you know, a lot of exposed EVA on the bottom kind of stripped down a little bit in that way. But, um, and at the time I I have this memory of us calling the Rincon the, minimalist maximalist shoe or something like that where we like called it that um because it felt like you were more connected to the ground but i did i took these back out and ran them just so i could comp them a little bit and i just felt like this is more of like your typical hoka floating um and it's it's less flexible than it than the pro fly in the mach 4 and so it just felt more like, you know, the shoe is rolling for you versus in the Mach 4, you get a little bit of your natural feel in the shoe and you get more bounce from the ProFly, but it's just more, because fl- it's a more flexible foam compound. And um, so the ring count was still nice, but it's more, it's, this one is more like it's fast because it's light, not it's fast because you feel like that bounce um, and spring from the shoe. Whereas the Mach 4, you get a little bit of that bounce and speed. So David, I actually agree with you. I think. I, so I get my Hoka shoes probably like a week or a week and a half after they do just because of shipping, like all the way, all the way here to no man land, you know, Wisconsin. And I was like, why don't we throw Rincon in there for comps? And they're like, dude, it's not the same shoe. And I was like, but it looks like it should be. And so I agree. I actually agree with you pretty much. We agree on on something. Yeah. We agree on a lot of things. I I do agree (laughs) agree with them that again, the, the Rin, the Rincon is a lighter shoe by almost an ounce, but it's not something that I ever took for workouts. Like David said, it was great for recovery runs, stuff like that, where I was beat up with just one of the lighter, kind of more traditional shoe, and it's not very flexible, it just rolls you along. The best that I ever did was strides, and even that was like, ah, really feels better for ease of miles as opposed to this shoe, which should be heavier, 
but in my mind feels lighter and more bouncy and responsive. And I've done a workout in this actually too, and haven't done that in the Rincon. Agree with Nathan that the toe spring obviously feels a lot more aggressive here. And that plate is obviously noticeable. That's the, the whole ride is stiffer. This is not a soft shoe, but any means one of the first runs I did do in this was actually some 400s was I think because it was so stiff might've felt good initially that went totally away. So I would not do anything faster than probably up tempo efforts in this, even tempo, like trying to go fast for tempo one tempo runs for me was difficult in this shoe, as opposed to the Rencon. I think because the bounciness tends to work a little bit better for moving faster, where this is going to be your more consistent ride for super long distances. If you need, again, also a little more stable just because of design, but yeah, so whilst there are some similarities there, they are three distinct shoes and have distinct purposes. I actually, I had a little bit of a Jimmy Neutron brain, uh, brain blast. So the, uh, the, the Carbon X2, so, so the Mach 4 to me, it has that flexibility in the forefoot that is unique to it compared to a lot of the Hoka shoes. It almost feels like a baby between the Carbon X2 and the Evo Rehi to oh, me. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like it's a higher stack. It's more protective. It leans more towards those daily or up-tempo type miles but you can still go fast in it. Whereas the Rehi was like, you can only go fast in it. It's and if you were durable little, enough, you could. It's still soft relatively for how low to the ground it is. That's something I know. It is. Yeah. I mean, if you were used to training in like minimal shoes, like the Rehi is still doable, but yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like you have the geometry of basically the X2, but you have the responsiveness and ride of something similar to the Rehi. So that was something I had never even thought about that until this moment. It just kind of happened to dawn on me, but anyways. All right. So pick Nathan, pick a non Hoka shoe and compare it to the Mach four. Let's get into our comparative section. Can I be this guy and say, David should go first. Cause he has an answer. Okay. A good, a good answer. Okay. <laughs> Go Just David. due to, to media hype, I'm going to go with Nike Alpha Fly and Vaporfly. <laughs> I, I'm joking for the listeners and for the viewers. Tell me that you have that at close by. You can be like, oh, just here we go. Yeah. I, I don't. I ah, should have done that. You should always have those at hand so you can make that joke. <laughs> I'm just here for hype. Yep. No, but um, <laughs> for me, it's the Saucony Canvara 12. I think they both are performance up-tempo, neutral shoes. They both have a rubberized EVA type of outsole. Uh, they both have a very natural feel to them. There is slight differences. The Canvara is a little bit lower in stack. The Mach 4 is a little bit higher. You feel closer to the ground in the Canvara. You can go fast in both. You can go long in both. I've done long runs in both multiple times. Um, but to me, I think this is definitely a competitor to the Canvara 12. I think it's going to depend on your own individual biomechanics as far as which one works best for you. But if you're looking for that natural, flexible, uh, lightweight, neutral kind of feel, um, I think both of those shoes hit the mark pretty well in that category. All right, Nathan, your turn. Matt, you get to go. Go ahead. It, it's it's <laughs> like being on this side when you guys are waiting for me to go, hey, if this shoe was a this and make a sports reference, this is like, oh, please go first before me. Yeah. Okay. So having David already gone over the Canvara, which is a personal favorite of mine, I would say the shoe that strikes me most right now is probably the Razor XS. I wouldn't compare the Mach to the Razor because the Razor is much lighter, 
much more minimal. It's still soft, but just very different. Where the the mock, I would go long miles in the razor. I can't go super long miles in. It could be used as a marathon racer, but for daily training, it's not something that I <laughs> I would use anymore. However, the razor excess, again, being similar stack height, having a significant rocker, being you know flexible, but not but still having some stiffness there. This is probably the most comparable one I can think of that strikes to me. The difference is this one, despite having hyper feels a little firmer actually. And it's not a firm suit. It's still soft, but it's firmer than the mock. And to me, a little bit more stable just because it's a little firmer, but still again, the mock, the designs is, is good. It's just my personal mechanics that I noticed the rocker a little bit more surprisingly in this versus the mock, which is amazing to me. And that might just be my personal experience. Fit-wise, this length-wise, okay, a little snugger overall. So that would be my similar one. Yeah, I actually agree with you there. I think that one's firmer and <clears throat> and stiffer front mm -hmm. to back. See, that's I feel like I felt the rocker more too in that one. Um, yeah, my I think my answer, I mentioned it earlier uh, when I was talking about the construction of the shoe. I think I'm actually... Um, I think the Panthea might be the Reebok Panthea might be my, my comp here. Um, take this one with a grain of salt a little bit, but I think that <clears throat> they have a similar, you know, top sole and, you know, lower sole. They're just flipped in terms of what the firmer is on top in the Panthea. Um, they're both flexible in the forefoot. They both have a really soft bouncy foam as a, as part of that construction. And the, I think they both sit in that, could be a daily trainer for a lot of people could be also a tempo shoe for a lot of people. Like I just, I know that it's worked uh, for me and I know a lot of people who've done really well with the Panthea picking up the pace. And I know that the, the case is true here too, with the Mach four, um, the upper for the Panthea is nothing like this one. It's a, it's a strange upper that I thought I liked for a long time and I like it less now, but uh Anyway, that didn't need to be said about the Panthea. <laughs> didn't Aww. need to say that, but <laughs> but that's my comp. Got it. All right. Any other comments on the Mach Four summary? No, I mean, if you if you're thinking this is going to be a Vaporfly replacement or like a super shoe, it's not. I for some reason I just know in the reviewing world everyone's like Mach Four is the greatest thing on the planet. And it's like, it's going to be the shoe of the year. Like from what I'm hearing from other things, you know, and maybe it is, maybe it's not, but it's, it's just, it's more of a natural, neutral up-tempo shoe. It's, it's got a very natural feel to it. It's not going to be a super shoe. I think it's going to be a shoe that works for a lot of people. I think a lot of people, it's a refreshing ride. And I think that's something that hasn't really been around for a while, um, especially with so much new tech out in the world. But um, those are kind of like my closing thoughts. I wouldn't expect anything like overly revolutionary about this shoe, but it's, but it's a nice shoe. It's a pleasant shoe. And it's one that I keep wanting to put on my feet. So that says something. I would definitely agree with the comments, pleasant and refreshing. It's not aggressive. It's not super stiff. You're not going to be, you're probably not going to be breaking PRs in this unless this is your ratio but it's a pleasant shoe smooth and it's got some softness to it. So it's like, yeah, this is, this is really nice. It's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I honestly, I love David's thoughts. I think it's, it's been interesting, you know, being in the, the review world where you try a bunch of shoes. Um, you know, we don't have a ton of time to like read what everybody thinks about this stuff. And we don't until after we review our own, uh, 
from our own take. But it, it is interesting. I think that it's easy to throw a lot of hype at shoes. Um, and most, I, I, I found this especially early on, like I would read a bunch of hype and I feel like I would get a shoe and then it would be like, oh, this is just a shoe, you know, <laughs> it's just a shoe. And I, I think that's the case for like 95% of the shoes that were sent. And I'd say that this is also just a shoe, but it's a really nice shoe. Like it's not like to throw, no shade thrown at the shoe at all. I think that it's really, really well constructed and runs really, really, really nice. And in the world of racing, I think that this is a probably a better option for many, many, many people to run a, like race a marathon in than like most of the carbon plated shoes. I just think that, and, and maybe I don't have a huge leg to stand on with that, but I think that this is going to give you your natural uh, roll through your gait. You won't have to adjust to like an excessive rocker. You're going to have some flexibility, but it's got a really nice bounce. It's protective and it's quick. So I think that this could be a really nice option for a marathon racing shoe for a lot of people, for a lot of people. I'm going to second Nathan's comments on that fully in terms of, hopefully it doesn't sound like we're throwing shade at carbon fiber shoes. There's some people who mentioned that we, we do make a lot of comments that, you know what, carbon fiber plated shoes and these people, you know, these, these super shoes are not for everyone. They are very aggressive. Our comments on going, yeah, this is really smooth up front. It's not as aggressive as say the carbon X. We're not trying to scare people away from these shoes. You just have to realize that most people have never run in anything like that. And because they're so aggressive and they're so different, anything that's a huge, aggressive, big change is an injury risk. Injury, the risk for injury comes from doing something too much or too fast before the body's ready. And that can, you know, that can cause some issues. So a lot of people probably don't need to, that one's different. Uh, a lot of people don't necessarily need a carbon fiber plated shoe. It's not for everyone. We know from the research that not everybody responds the same. Some people will do well. Some people do worse. So you have to figure out what works for you. And if, you know, that's not on, that's not something you want to consider. This is a really good option for a lot of people, especially the masses. I know. And other people have made comments like, Hey, you guys are relatively fast. This is why we tried to talk about this stuff for a lot of people. This is going to be their marathon, half marathon racing shoe, right? If you're running a four-hour marathon, something like that, that's this is exact. Uh, uh, I think a better option for a lot of people than say, "Hey, I'm going to have the vapor fly on my feet for four hours." Three thirty, three fifteen. Yeah, even that. I think it's a very good three-hour. Yeah, a very good option. You know, it's interesting. We talked. I think we talked about this the other day that the Japanese market, a lot of the shoes in Japan, these guys know that I'll use Google Translate and go like, like hang out on the Asics. Uh, Japanese website and the New Balance website. And a lot of times they categorize the shoes based on the time that people have run, which I think is interesting and a whole nother conversation. But yeah, for a lot of people, I think this is the kind of shoe you should be looking at. If you know your body can handle the more aggressive shoe, if you're more experienced, if you if you you know have a can handle that kind of thing and you've eased into it, maybe a plated shoe. But for a lot of people, these are golden. These are going to help you finish. These are light. It's bounced. You're still going to run faster. So yeah, I think that again, Hoka did a great job with this. It's not the mind blowing shoe that I think some other reviewers have commented on it, but it's very pleasant. I think they did a really good job. It's evolved quite a bit. So final question of the night. If this shoe was a pizza, we're still doing this, right? Yep. Okay. Sure. Let's do it. If this shoe was a pizza, what would it be? All right. I have my answer. This would be uh Illuminati's deep dish uh, in Chicago. 
just the cheese, just the cheese deep dish pizza. The reason I say that is because I think that they did construct this differently than a lot of other shoes that use two soles. So like typically you'll have the firmer topsail and then you'll have the really soft foam underneath and they flip this and that's what deep dish is. It's flipped. Um, and so you, you, you put it underneath and then I'm doing just plain cheese because this, it's just really consistent front to back. So you don't want too many ingredients in there. It's just a very consistent, um, really smooth something or other. That's my answer. I like it. And Lou Melna, I actually, the, I did choose Lou's for a reason. So I chose Lou Melnati's because their sauce has, their sauce is distinct. Like it's not just a, it's not just like a marinara, like some kind of pizza sauce. It's a, it's a distinct sauce. That's what sets them apart. And I think, um, is the same would be true for like the pro fly. It's not just sauce. Like it's a nice sauce. It's a really nice sauce and it's on top. Someone likes their sauce. (laughs) Someone likes deep dish pizza when I get it. It's good stuff. (laughs) So I'm actually going the opposite direction. Um, not going with the deep dish, but uh, I'm just going to go with the margarita pizza. Light, balanced, goes down well. Smooth, consistent. Not much more to it. Very natural, goes down easy. Solid. I'm going to go with a classic vegetarian pizza from Old Town Pizza Company here in Monrovia, where it's good. It's nothing crazy. But it's a it's a it's a really good pizza. It's enjoyable, great people. Nothing insane again, but it's good. And it's something you keep you reach for definitely, especially in those easy days and long runs. So we're all giving shout outs to like local places. Rusty's pizza here in Santa Barbara, I think is overrated. If we have any <laughs> listeners <laughs> that are in the Santa Barbara or greater Santa Barbara area. Can you give some recommendations for some good pizza out here? Sorry, oh. Rusty's, don't mean to slander you. Welcome to Doctors yeah, Running, where we throw shade all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all feeling a little salty today, I feel like. We're just throwing shade at different things. Not bad shade. Just, we're salty today. Yeah. Gotta, go to, gotta go to work tomorrow. I don't know. Exactly. Sunday night, right? We do this on Sunday night. <laughs> uh, th- this is a great shoe. Again, a lighter weight trainer ish that can work for a lot of people as a racing shoe for those people that you know don't want as an aggressive ride but still want something bouncy it's a great thing slightly shorter fit this has been a great review all right nathan what do we say when we end this thanks for listening yeah thanks everybody for listening um feel free to subscribe to our youtube channel check us out on facebook instagram twitter reddit etc etc um and um our podcast which is uh, on all major platforms, we use Anchor to create it, but it gets plastered everywhere. So check that out too. Give us feedback in terms of what you want to hear about, and we are happy to make those changes. Thank you. <laughs>